Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select buy us a cup of coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. Sound a lot better. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome to the broadcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I'm the founder and curator of Gird Up. This is a, like I said, a broadcast. So with me, I've got Connor Herter and Cooper Knoll and Bryce Guzzi. And eventually, probably, we'll have Gustav Wins join us along the yeah, way. We'll He's see. got we'll some see. academic responsibilities to take care of. So let's <laughs> see. We'll see if, if and when he gets here. Um, Cooper, now, Bryce, we've had you on before. Yes. You were on the Christmas cast. You've been on otherwise? Nope, just All right, one. so the Christmas broadcast, that was a good one. I still disagree with you and hate you a little bit because of your take on um, It's a Wonderful Life. You're wrong. That's that. okay. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a wonderful life, but it's it's not a wonderful movie. It's I'll like, say. oh, my. Don't, we're not doing this right now. It is <laughs> the best Christmas movie ever made. Stop talking. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel rude. Anyway, it's the best Christmas movie ever made. Can't prove me wrong. Cooper, though, you've never been on a podcast before, so we got we to gotta find out a little bit about you, brother. Um, give us the elevator speech, the uh, speech. Speed dating, whatever whatever take you want. Who is Cooper Knoll? All right, yeah, I'll start from the beginning. Um, I was born in Texas, uh, born and raised Texas, and I lived there for two whole weeks. Moved to Ohio <laughs> after that. Um, I lived there for nine years. So um, my dad's a pastor, so he went from Vickering in Texas to uh, his first congregation in Columbus, Ohio, Lamb of God. And then um, in my fifth grade year, we moved to West Bend, Wisconsin. I've been there ever since. Um, I went to Kettle Moraine Lutheran High School, graduated in 2019, um, I came to MLC. I was initially teacher track, but uh, I think God had other plans for me. Kind of realized that during the whole COVID thing, and now I will be graduating and going to the SEM next fall. Did you have to do any extra years because of that? Uh, no, I, I thankfully had enough German from high school, so I passed out of that, and then I just had to take okay. a lot of credits. It's at better once. than Connor who passed out in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, but no, he was in my. Uh, we were in Greek together. First year Greek together, seven thirty, so. John Schmidt. Yep, and then uh, and then Wessel second semester too. Oh yeah, that that oh, was yeah. a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was more fun than Schmidt, but we definitely learned more with Schmidt. I'd oh, say. Far less. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose I don't know. I sat right in the front row, so I didn't really have a choice. I had to learn yeah. Schmidt's. Honestly, Walt Schmidt was the best Greek teacher I had. Yeah, yeah, he was great. All right. Yeah, I only had him for one semester, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so you are a uh, an Ohio State fan. Is that why? You, you said you spent mo- most of your childhood in 
Ohio. Is that why you're an Ohio State fan, or would you have been anyway? Um, no, I guess my dad was a Badger fan, kind of took on the Ohio State thing because, you know, everyone at our church was an Ohio State fan. Um, I think in second grade we got to tour the facility. I met Coach uh, Jim Tressel, got to touch the Heisman. So that was oh, a really nice. uh, defining moment in my life. And now Connor hates me. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. hate you. I just respectfully disagree, disagree with you during hey, the You fall. guys split. Well, no, you didn't split this year. Um, so who who gets the last laugh this year on uh, on on the football <clears throat> side of things? Michigan got wiped no, we did. by TCU, which I had no business getting wiped by TCU. No, we didn't. Did. But we Ohio did the State at least put up before. a good showing. Yeah. So I don't know who gets the last laugh. I think that outside of TCU, Michigan had a perfect year. We beat both of our rivals. So I chalk it up as a win. I mean, it's always good to get two in a row, and, and it's always good to go to to go to Columbus and to win in Columbus. So, But to be fair, the history shows that uh, over the last 15 years, Michigan has struggled quite a bit against Ohio State. So yeah, I, uh, 13 in a row. Yeah, I, re- I respect the heck out of Ohio State because of how efficient their program is every year, whereas Michigan's had their ups and downs. So yeah, and how about C.J. Stroud like going right at the top? Yeah, I know they they said he was going to drop, but you know you got to pick the best player, and clearly it's C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and that's cool. definitely what they they don't really need him. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, I don't know. If if I may interject, go ahead. I just want to say no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go dogs, two years in a row. It's, I have no problem with uh, my college football team because they're actually good. <laughs> hey, you want them Badgers, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go, coach. Just uh, start over from scratch. Yeah, Yeah. you guys will have your. Uh, Well, don't be relevant, but we'll see how long it takes to. They will be a top tier program. They are. They have been, but it'll take a little while. I think. I'm. I would love to say that this year the Badgers is going to be great again. I don't think they will be yet, Um, but I'm very excited about about Fickle. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's a. It was about time to try and change the – just like actually with uh, when Michigan brought in Rich Rod. It didn't work mm-hmm. out, but it was a good idea, yeah. you know. It's like we need to try something different. We've been doing the same thing for how long. It hasn't worked. we got to try something different. So yeah, I think it's a good idea. We'll see We'll see how things actually go. Uh, thank you and shout-outs today. What you got? Well, uh, I'll li- I'd like to give a shout or a thank you to just MLC, you know. I come to the end of my time here, and I can't help but just kind of reflect and – just appreciate everything that like this place has done for me and what it what it means to me. I mean, the professors, the all the people who are leading, the faculty, the students. You know, we're all one in mission, and we all kind of build each other up in faith. And I think that's a very rare thing in this world. And I just thank God that I've had the opportunity to come study in a place that's just so about mm. the gospel. You're gonna make all the rest of us look yeah, bad. We're gonna be like, hey, yeah. thanks, mom. <laughs> also, <laughs> preside here with deep thoughts. Yeah. No, actually, I agree <laughs> with you wholeheartedly. I, um, I, I was so beat up when I got here. Like this time around, like I loved my ministry as a teacher. Not to steal your shout out here, but um, I, I loved my teaching ministry. I loved what I was doing. I loved where I was at. Um, but I, I, I had just spent a little bit too much time in the hood, especially doing. There's people that have a lot more longevity, but they're a lot more conservative about the things that they do, which is probably wise. 
Um, but I, I like, I, I don't know. I was telling somebody earlier, like, I don't, I'm not happy unless my hair's on fire, you know? Like, I gotta, you guys have seen <clears> it a little bit. If things are too peaceful, I gotta start something, you know? <laughs> oh, you must be pretty happy then, Charlie. <laughs> I think they burned all your so, hair off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charlie's been happy for a long time. Yeah, sorry. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Yo, during class the other day, I said something about, um, I have a tendency to be arrogant, and Connor's sitting down the other side of the room nodding. I was like, dude, jeez. half the class was nodding. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I was so beat up when I got here, as far just kind of like emotionally and spiritually just beat up, and MLC has been um, like so restorative for me, and such a boon to my spiritual life, and even like the way I look at myself, and look, I, I didn't really think I had much of a future come coming back besides the idea that I wanted to be a pastor, you know, I was almost like conceding, like, all right, Lord, I'll go do what I think you have me, you know, have me and prepared to do is almost like a, I don't know, I call it my Jonah complex. And uh, MLC has been just absolutely wonderful for me in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, it's also been really weird because I'm 30 years old in college, um, but not in any way that detracts from just how wonderful MLC has been for me. So, yeah, anyway, I appreciate that. Uh, that's a good shout-out, even if I make fun of it. That's a good shout-out. Right. What you got? No, go ahead. Uh, I want to say thank you to Vogel Fieldhouse. For, mm. or that's where I spent most of my time uh, working when I'm not uh, being a student at MLC. So they really uh, they helped me pay for my schooling. What do you do at Vogel? I was a lifeguard and also a janitor maintenance person. Nice. Yeah, the janitor crew, man. Mm-hmm. Custodial for life. You, oh, had yeah. a, you had a pretty long week there. What, two weeks ago or something like that? I think you told um, me you worked 40 hours or uh, something. The last two weeks, I worked two 40-hour weeks. So it was Oofka. it was a long haul. Yo, with homework on top of that? Oh, yeah. That's a, that is a long haul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Props to you. <laughs> oh, Props was to that you. a lock-in? Was that this week? Yeah, so it was actually last night. I was up till... I was at Vogel till three thirty in the morning oh, man. because well we were lifeguarding until two thirty, and then cleaning up and stuff. And, and you're still here to do this? Oh, absolutely. Did you recite Psalm one yet? Oh yeah. Oh okay, so you're done with that at least I, already. I crushed it. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. You want to say it right now? Ah uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Asher Haish. No. Asher lo halach. There you go. Connor, what you got? Well, <clears throat> I'll start with my shout-out. My shout-out goes to, actually, it's along that same vein, is uh, Caleb Lindholm, who went uh, in front of me for Thursday when we were doing the reading of Psalm 1. And he went in there, and he came out, and he said, you know what, you just you got this, man. Like, he's he's in a good mood. Like, not that, pow- <laughs> not that Pauschen's ever in a bad mood or anything like that. Because I guess you're screwed, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But uh, he, was, he was just, he had those, those little bit of words of encouragement that he threw at me as he was coming out was, was very helpful, and, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate him for what he does. Caleb's good for that. Yeah, he is. Caleb's good for that. Yeah. Um, my thank you goes to, <laughs> this is so excited. So, anyway, my thank you goes to Minnesota again for keeping us on our toes because we can't just have a decent day. Like, it'll be warm but raining. Or today, it wasn't even that cold, but it was super, so windy. super windy. And now we'll have a beautiful sunny day, and it's back down to 45 degrees. Yep. We've had maybe two days where it all got put together, and it was sunny and it was warm. So, ha ah, man, I've it's it sure isn't helping me want to stay in Minnesota any longer. <laughs> it, oh my goodness gracious! I don't want to keep complaining about the weather, but it's, it's bad it's, this it's year. It's time for the summer to get here. It's, like, it's bad. Time. Like we normally have at least some warm days. We've had two. We've yeah, had two. Know. You know. Anyway, yeah, Minnesota keeping us on our toes. Uh, what about shout-outs today? 
Um, I got two uh, kind of along that same vein. I like to shout out the lake effect. Um, it'll keep us nice and warm in Mequon <laughs> yeah, next year. Pumped yeah. about that. Yep. Um, and because we're on the right side of the lake, not as much snow either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my second one is BioLife Plasma Services uh, yeah. for funding my entertainment fund. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably be in a hole right now without it, but you know, you get a hundred dollars every time. Go spend that on whatever you want. It's not even real money. Yeah, I bought my new boots with BioLife oh, money. Nice. I haven't I haven't had food or gas in my budget for this entire calendar year because it's just always on my BioLife card. Nice. That's a good one too. What you got? Uh, wanted to give a shout out to my mother. Aww. Um, yeah, love you, mom. <laughs> Nothing specific. No, that's about it. Still loving okay. you, even though you got a mullet and then frosted tips. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not as much during those times, but <laughs> you say she didn't love you as much. <laughs> not as much, no. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I don't know. My mom put up with a lot of weird hairstyles. I feel like I put her in the same position a few times. Well, you saw it. No, was it? I don't know. Did you, did you see my uh, my faux hawk from? We were watching the Wells Connection. Oh yeah, you seen oh. that that faux hawk? You looked fantastic. All right, thanks, man. Was that you said I looked like I needed like, gauges? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's true. I never thought about that. That you said that. It's like, oh man, yeah, no, yeah, definitely some weird hairstyles over the years. Connor, what you got? Um, mine actually goes to you this week, Charlie, for uh, that text message you sent me on Saturday. So. Again, Charlie's got this this thing where, like, every once in a while, we get these words of affirmation from Charlie. And uh, so he texted me, I think Saturday it was when you texted me, just a very uplifting text message talking about how much he respects me and appreciates me and, and uh, the qualities that he sees in me. And so that, that text message, out of the blue as it was, was fantastic and always a good sight when you see a text message from Charlie. It doesn't have to do with coming over and watching cowboy movies or drinking beer with him i went and saw the super (laughs) mario bros movie with my girlfriend Oh, that's a great i heard i've heard good things about it was actually pretty decent yeah yeah actually mason pros came over we watched uh the sons of katie elder which is a great movie Mm -hmm. and then uh uh, have you ever seen four brothers i have seen four brothers uh, so that's based on uh the sons of katie elder is it okay yeah so awesome yeah great movie um i thank you or my shout out goes to becca coriana and kate who came on and did the girl cast so that'll come out probably a couple weeks from now but they came on on friday night and and they came over here i should say and did the girl cast it's another good girl cast probably the last one we'll do for a while um actually no probably do one with my sister um at the beginning of the summer sometime but then i don't know if i'll ever actually do another girl cast after that so um thank you shout out i guess to those girls for for being bold enough to come out and do it and we talked about like red pill stuff which means a lot of touchy subjects and they were bold enough to sit here and have some conversations about it and even push back a little bit on me too so yeah i appreciate it did a did an awesome job um also, shout out to Sam Boder. We're now officially Facebook friends. So, thank you, Sam. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Um, we don't have anybody to shout out for a cup of coffee donations today. So, please help us fund the uh, Gird Up podcast. I'll be honest with you, <laughs> the that uh, Gird Up account went in the red this week. So, um, we do need some donations. If you're willing to help pay for the Gird Up podcast, um, we'd be very happy for you to do so and very thankful. Um, you can do that by making a cup of coffee donation. We call it a cup of coffee donation because for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the ministry we're doing here with young men. If you'd like to support or help fund the work we do here at Gird Up, go to www.girdup.com, select buy us a cup of coffee in the main menu and make your donation there. Of course, there is a link in the show notes below. 
This week's question of the week. My parents are divorced and my childhood sucked because of it. I don't know why I'm laughing at that. Uh, my par- It's just so boldly yeah. worded. And I did not... Sometimes I manipulate them, this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is word for word. My parents are divorced and my childhood sucked because of it. I don't want to get married or have kids because I don't want the same thing to happen to me. Is that wrong? So I guess I'll speak to this first. I actually lived through high school and most of my college life with this same worry and anxiety. And it started when... All the people I love love and care about, my family, my sibling, my other close family, they all went through divorces, and this exact question popped into my head. It was, why would I put myself into a certain situation where the outcome of separation and divorce seems inevitable? Mm. This happened to them, it's going to happen to me, why do it? Or what are the chances that I actually find a spouse and it will actually work out in the long run? And that... Man, my high school, my, like I said, my high school, first couple of years of college, that's just, that's all it was. It was affecting my schoolwork, it was affecting my sleep, it was, it was just not a good situation. Well, it's got to impact your relationship with girls too, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, how does that, yeah. well, do you want to speak to that a little bit? How does that impact the way you deal with women, or I guess at that age, girls, honestly? Well, I feel like, I don't know, I didn't make the best decisions with who I was going to date or who I was going out with it was more so like oh she's really pretty let's just go let's just go hang out and then I end up dating them and then I find out oh she does not have any qualities or characteristics that I am looking for in a spouse and so in the long run I ended up just not dating for a really long time so what he's subtly saying is he's had a lot of pretty girlfriends is what he's saying like two (laughs) (laughs) anyway okay keep going i'm gonna interrupt you but uh last year so my junior year it sort of was a lot of build-up and i finally swallowed my pride and said all right i need to get help with this and sort of see if i can help work something out and so i went to the counselor here on campus uh Shout out Pastor Fry, I guess. Ed is awesome. i got to get Ed on a podcast. Ed is also my counselor. He's amazing. I love him. Super great guy. And the first couple times I went to him, we talked a lot about just the trauma and the impact it had on my life. And I did a whole lot of ranting. He did a whole lot of listening. And when he started to make remarks back to me, there was one thing in particular that stuck out to me that still does to this day. And it's instead of dwelling on the effects of what happened and the and the trauma it caused in your life, what can you learn from those relationships? So not really looking at the bad things per se, but I he he uh, helped me to look at my mom and dad independently and looking at their redeeming qualities, the ones that I want to emulate as a child and a man of God and hopefully a husband one day, and the qualities that I'm looking for in a wife. And so that's what I started to focus on, because in turn that leads into, this is my own life, this is my own story, and nothing that my family members or anyone else has any impact on that, or it has no, it it doesn't, their story doesn't play into your story, and it will not be the same. And that's just one thing to really keep in mind when this question comes into your head. Yeah. And also, 
Um, no relationship is ever going to be perfect because of sin in this world. And obviously sometimes that leads into divorce and separations. And But it's not fair to lose that blessing of marriage and companionship over somebody else's life and somebody else's mistakes. And I think that any relationship that is has its foundation is God, in God and his word will be blessed by God, and you will be blessed through that. Yeah. Well said. Awesome. That's really, really well said. Yeah. I don't know. I, so the rest of us all, our, our families are intact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's not something that I have any firsthand experience with. Um, so I guess we'll kind of <laughs> we'll defer to you. I don't know. So I, I just thought about a little bit about more on the practical side of things because, like mm-hmm. I said, I don't have that practical experience. Um, but my thoughts kind of went in the actually in a similar direction. Is you don't want to give up a beautiful blessing um, because of somebody else's experience, right? And mm-hmm. uh, to take that even further, I, I'd by no means want to do any scolding here, but you also need to consider the fact that God gave us these gifts for a reason, and there are consequences for go for for forgoing those gifts, right? And if you just based on the tone of the question, um, I don't want to get married or have kids because they don't want the same thing to happen to me. I, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it kind of sounds like he's involved with women, but he doesn't want to get married, right? right? Which to me says there's like I have a hard time believing there's not some sort of sexual activity going on there, which is it's like so you're just begging more and more problems and more and like you're you're because in order to avoid one sin, you're camping out in kind of a well of other sins, mm-hmm. if you will, and so. Um, it's easy. I don't know. It's easy to be afraid of. Like, honestly, I because of the way I, um, the, my history with porn was a big struggle for me. And I think in a similar way, maybe to this was a struggle for you. Whereas, like, there isn't any woman. Like, I, there's no way I can make a relationship work at this point. Yeah. And it had to be, come to a point where it was, like, I wasn't even. It wasn't an active part of anything I was doing anymore. But it was still a struggle mentally of, you know, getting almost forgiving myself and getting to the point where I. Like recognize the work that the Lord can do in me and through me and make a relationship work, and when you think about it from that perspective of the Lord has, the Lord has promised me these blessings, and I need to trust that He can and will do what He promises to do. And I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later, probably when we talk about the sixth petition. But it's okay to, like, even in your prayer life, remind God of the blessings that He has promised you. Um, and if you choose to make these commitments, He will bless them, and the blessings that come from them are also yours. Um, with keeping in mind, of course, that no relationship is perfect. Alan, you guys have something to add to that? Yeah, I did a, again. Like I, I grew up in a, and my parents were together for for my whole life and everything like that. I mean, they're they're staring down the barrel of fifty years together now, so they've they've been together for quite a long time. But uh, I think the four of us, having already taken a class in Corinthians, can can look at the words of Paul and what he says about marriage and what and what he's talking about. And so Paul basically says. You know, stay as you are. And so, like, if you're not married and you have a similar gift to Paul where Paul didn't feel that desire to to be with a woman in a physical way, he said, like, that's perfectly fine. That gives you more time to focus on the Lord. But there's a big caveat to that, that that's such a small percentage of people that don't feel that desire. And so to be married is better than to stay single and, and let yourself be constantly tempted and, and let yourself slip and stray here and there. But you also have to understand what marriage actually is. And so marriage, the, the gift of marriage that we have, 
is a reflection of the love that Christ has for the church and for us. And so it's that perfect self-sacrificing love, the ability to give yourself wholly into something so that you better not only yourself, but everybody that's involved in the relationship. And then the other thing that I was thinking about when I heard this question was kind of similar to what you guys were already talking about, how nobody's perfect. And you have to remember that your parents are people like they're, they're human beings. They're prone to sin just as much as everybody else. But, and I brought, I think Bryce, you were talking about this, like looking at if you, if your parents are divorced, looking at what caused their marriage to fall apart and what caused this divorce to happen helps you in the future when you're looking at relationships say okay what are qualities or what are things that are i know red flags is kind of a is kind of a dating (laughs) term now but what are things that are kind of red flags in a girl or what are red flags in a relationship with and you're sitting there and you're saying you know these these are clearly things that in the long run are not going to help our relationship and so those are there's definitely things that you have to take into serious consideration yeah um, I guess one thing I was looking at was uh, Proverbs 18.22 is he who finds a wife finds a good thing mm. and obtains favor from the Lord. Um, just finding someone that, you know, it's not always um, not always about looking at yourself and saying, I can't do this, but it's something that, you know, you become one flesh. You're equally built up in the faith, and that's just something that's, you know, such a blessing. Like I see it in my own parents. Like they mess up, and then they build each other up, and mm-hmm. they grow because of it. And I think that's just something you can't always do by yourself. Um outside of the confines of marriage yeah i don't know i look at my parents they're so very they're such very very different people mm-hmm. and they serve each other so well like like the relationship wise they fit together well mm-hmm. but they also just like selflessly serve each other so well and that's a really cool picture to have grown up yeah. with too and something i think that i've always understood and maybe even took in took and taken um, a little bit too seriously if that's a thing as far as like going about my dating relationships almost taking on too much of the other person's burden um, because my parents do that so I I don't want to blame my parents my parents do that really 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 well and so I've always I think just grown up on actually so did both of them since my grandparents too they complimented each other really really well um, and so just growing up with that and, uh, you know, seeing that modeled consistently in front of me, I don't know, it's just never really been on my, yeah. been on my radar. It's so, it's so different in like today's generation of marriages and stuff like that. But you look at, you look at like the greatest generation in their marriages. My dad always told me like, I never heard my grandpa and my grandma have any debate or any type of dispute, especially in public or around the kids or something like that. But it's so much more open now versus how it used to be back in the day. I don't know if it's a difference in ethics or just like the world influencing marriages that are currently in place. But I don't know. That's just kind of my, what I was thinking about. No, there's no such thing as a perfect partner. No, you no. Know? Like there's no such thing as soulmates. There's no such thing as perfect partners. You make a choice and you stick to it. Is uh, the Well, so, yeah, actually that is where I want to go. You make a choice and you stick to it. But that means two things. One, you have to be really careful about the choice you make, right? Mm-hmm. Who you choose to spend your life with. And then once you do make that choice, you got to find a way to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that in mind, the super practical way, I think, the super practical advice I think I would give is, one, be really patient and really intentional. I might be, I might overdo this, to be honest. Um, I might be too patient and too intentional. That's probably why I'm single and 30. I don't know. There's, I've had a bunch of really, really wonderful women in my life and not made it happen. Um, and that's probably my own fault. That's probably an overshare, too. I don't know. 
Um, but being really patient and really intentional is going to show you whether or not, like Bryce was saying, that's the kind of person that you do want to spend your life with. And that is, I don't know, you were kind of met talking about um, early on, like early on dating mistakes and the idea that like they didn't have the characteristics that you're looking for in a wife. Um, and I definitely have dated some girls that did not have the characteristics I was looking for in a wife, mostly because they were hot and they were fun, right? Um, and like they, they never got to meet my family. They never, we never made it that far, and I never thought we were going to make it that far because I knew at some level that that was true, right? And like, I certainly don't do that anymore. Um, but yeah, that intentionality. There's a lot of people I think they just kind of get to that point where they're like, "Well, where do we go from here?" There's really only one place left to go, and that's to get married. And there's nothing intentional about that. You know what I mean? So being patient and intentional, making sure you're the person you're dating has the characteristics that you're looking for in a spouse. The second thing, like I said earlier, is uh, like taking God, both God's warnings and His blessings seriously. He promises that He will bless your efforts if you're doing things the right way and then on a, I, I'm, he doesn't necessarily promise you a wife i'm not saying that but he does promise that he will that there will be fruits to your labors if you go about things the proper way um and then he also is pretty clear about the consequences of not getting married and kind of was talking about the gift of paul i do not have the gift of paul no. so no. i'm not going to stop trying to find a wife you know i'm not going to give up on that i'm going to become an incel or something um i i recognize that this is not a gift that i have and so I'm going to keep struggling until I do have somebody that I can share that with. Mm-hmm. The third thing, community is everything, man. Like, uh, I think one of the best things about this generation of Christians, I don't know about just this generation in general, but this generation of Christians, it, lo- it appears to me, is doing a good job, at least in our circles, of be- having each other's backs, you know, and like having good community and good friendships and good relationships so we can have some of these conversations, right. whether it's with counselors and things like Ed's been a huge blessing to us, um, but or whether it's just really good, solid friendships, right, where you can have conversations, you can talk about things that are going uh going wrong or maybe be that are difficult in your personal life or in your relationships things like that and having that christian community to lean on is vitally important and you look at some of the other generations and the inability to express you know those kinds of feelings and you right. bottle all that stuff up but then also just that posturing that happened in a lot of the former generations i think contributed to a lot of those issues and that's still very much is the same thing in the world you got to keep that like masculine whatever going right. or on the flip side you can't show your toxic masculinity none of that exists in the true christian walk which makes your ability to deal with difficult situations better so lean hard into that christian community any more thoughts on uh, on this one I think so. I just wanted to say one more last thing is a lot of it is a mindset thing too. Because if you're going into a relationship or you're thinking about getting into a relationship and your whole mindset is, this is going to happen to me. This is going to happen to me. Mm. This, it's probably going to happen to you. Setting up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. So if I would encourage you, if you're struggling with this, to reach out to someone, talk to someone, whether it be a pastor, counselor, if you wanted to reach out to me personally, you could. Cause yeah, I could. His his contacts will be in the link below. His, uh, his social media contacts will be in the, in the show notes. Absolutely. And I would be happy to talk to whoever about that because I know it's not easy. And I know I felt very alone during it. But just talking yeah. to someone helped me change my mindset and perspective on everything about this. Yeah. And it really helped me. Yeah. And I guess the other part we're missing in this equation, too, is like if you're dating somebody, if you're seeing somebody, you're going on a date being upfront and honest about the 
the struggle that you're coming from in the in the situation at home like I know that's not like a first aid topic or anything like that once you get past your favorite football teams or whatever but you know like being honest is is going to help you in the long run because then if you both come from a similar background you can both say like well this is the reason why my parents marriage failed or these are things that are concerning inside of a relationship to me so Oh, look at the here. He'll be talking on in a second. We should talk about trust, though, actually. Mm. Um, and this is something that uh, this is something that I have struggled with a little bit in relationships. Um, not from the not from like a not from like a stuff I got to deal with side, but dating girls that I don't think I can trust. Like I'm having a hard time trusting them, but I'm still holding on to a relationship. Right. Um, that that sh- that should be a no fly zone. If you can't trust, we're talking specifically to guys, so. I'm not being, you know, whatever misogynistic when I say this. I'm talking to guys about their relationships with women. When I say this, if you cannot trust the girl you're dating, or you're having a hard time trusting the girl you're dating, trust your gut, man. Either that or get help, you know. <laughs> but like, let's be real. You, you, your intuition is smarter than you are. Your intuition is smarter than you are. And if you can't trust the girl that you're with, either you have some stuff you got to sort out, or you. Sh- can't trust her. One of the two. Um, so take your intuition seriously. Any 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 more thoughts, Cooper? Yeah, I think on the flip side of that too, just be a man that women or women can trust. Period. Like, be a man. Yeah, and, and <laughs> live your life by the way of the Bible, and and God will um or not. So like if if you're living in a way that you can be trusted, I think that helps a lot in trusting someone when you can point out to them, um, this is what God expects of you. This is also um, what you should expect of me and have them hold you accountable and vice versa. I think that's just a huge part of being in any relationship, whether it be uh, man and woman or just, you know, friends or mentors or whatever. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Bryce, you uh, want to make your special announcement or, or do, you wanna, special? do you not want that out on the air? Oh, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I mean, why not? Cat's out of the bag, right? <laughs> Now you got um, Now we got to build the suspense a little bit more. Like yeah. he's very excited about this. I'm just gonna slowly, yeah. slowly announce. It's been a long time coming. We're all excited for very him. Very excited. It is a big deal. It is a very, very big deal. Yeah. I. Although it's like a five foot three kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Not she, too big. <laughs> no, she she's five foot two. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, as of uh, yesterday, I have gotten into my into a relationship for the first hey! time. Yep. For the first time in what, three years, awesome, three and a half man. years. Congratulations. Like so. And God bless your soul. <laughs> God, bless, God bless my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, welcome Gustav to the podcast. What's up, man? Hi there. Oh, you, sorry, uh, I got to turn you, you on. Turn me on, maybe? There you go. Now Come you're on. Oh, right. man, you're, 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 give me you're a second here. You're, you're uh, so hot, Gus. So any, oh, dude, I know. Thank you. <laughs> right, now you got to speak a little Spanish uh, since you're at a Spanish thing. Oh, Himmel. Uh, hola. Himmel. That was German. Um, <laughs> la uh, Servicio en Español. Uh, was muy bueno. Ah, uh, si. Sí. Pero was muy, uh, uh, no sé, uh, grande. No. <laughs> grande. It was, it was long. I did not expect that was <laughs> going to be tempos. an hour and a half. 
it's it they started at seven thirty. They couldn't choose a uh, Spanish liturgy, so they did all the Spanish liturgies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, it was awesome. It was a uh, Pastor Otto. He has that Spanish church up in the in the Twin Cities right now, the new one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came out and he was just showing us like what he does out there, which is apparently very similar to what he's been doing in his Latin culture churches, because that's all his uh, uh, ministry ministry career has been is in spanish churches nice. and he's from the generation where they were like hey uh we're sending you to mexico and uh we're giving you six months to learn spanish fluently <laughs> <laughs> you know it wasn't a part of the mlc curriculum yeah. at that time uh cuantos personas is that yeah uh, uh about 60 mm. i'd say yeah, well, all the Spanish classes were required to be there. Okay, that's not bad. And so, I mean, granted, it was interesting enough. I mean, for me, it was kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. You know, and uh, super cool stuff. It was, uh, we had Isaiah and uh, James, I don't know James' last name, but they did the uh, lectur- uh, lectern, is that what? Mm. Lectern? Yeah, yeah, like, they did the readings. Yeah. They did the readings. And, uh, yeah, oh my goodness, uh, Wanda's gal, Emma. Mm-hmm. She did all of the hymns. Like she was soloing all of the That's Spanish fantastic. hymns, and it was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was absolutely she can amazing. Sing. Yeah, she's got some pipes on her. And, did uh, he, did he participate in the service? Wanda? Yeah. No, he did not. Okay. I I'm actually not sure if I saw him. No, he was at uh, spam because he did the devotion at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was it was pretty pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> one of the many new cultural things that they're trying yeah. to like just get people exposed to before we get out in ministry kind of deal. Like that's the point of it is to show people that we're not in a bubble kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of, you want to show off any of your, more of your Spanglish no, before we move on? Yeah, hit us with some Spanglish. Yeah. <laughs> ask me what time it is. <laughs> De donde el baño. In donde es el, el hallway. <laughs> you forgot the O. El hallway. El hallway. Yeah. Where are we at on this? Uh, thing, we're about we? to jump into the six, uh, petition. six petition. Yeah. So oh, sweet. the six petition of the Lord's Prayer and the small catechism reads as follow, as follows, and lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, nature may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. Sorry, it seemed like you need a little drama. Yeah, that was. Wasn't that nice though? That was good. I think it was great. Um, any thoughts on the sixth petition? We obviously read the uh, large catechism, um, which kind of actually just says the same thing. It's um, A lot of times Luther throws some other cool stuff in there. On this one, it wasn't as long of a section as I would have expected. And uh, it's pretty much like the small catechism is pretty much just a paraphrase of what he said in the large catechism. Um, so anybody have anything they want to start with? Go ahead. Yeah, so I think the... I think where I started was uh, looking at James uh, 1, 13 to 15. It's, uh, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own uh, evil desire and enticed. Um, and I was reading in a commentary, um, so it can be really confusing. What does it mean that, does it mean that God is tempting me? This says no. And one of the commentaries I said, said uh, look at Psalm 51, um, 11 and 12, kind of as a, explanation to that so that's uh do not cast me from your presence or take your holy spirit from me uh restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me and and what's that what's that that's really saying that you know god god is 
the ultimate good. He can't, he's not going to cause us to sin, but we live in a sinful world. And here we're praying that God would, you know, keep us from these things that are going to come into our lives that are, um, that, you know, cause us to sin. And I think that's a great blessing that we can even ask God to do that because we have no right to ask that our sin is upon us. But the fact that he'll, he'll even come to us and help us out to live our lives of faith is just such a blessing. Yeah. This is one of those where if I, if I was going to, this is really arrogant. Um, but if I was going to, if I was putting myself in Jesus shoes, I might phrase this one differently. Obviously God is wiser than us, right? That was arrogant. Right. <laughs> that's, that's why I let in with that. Right. I don't know if I would phrase it this way. Obviously Jesus knows better than I do. Um, but I do think it's kind of funny that the very first line of the, uh, of the explanation is God tempts no one. And the, petition itself is and lead us not into temptation which kind of implies excuse me at least in the english translation i guess i didn't really look at the greek um, but at least in the english translation it implies that god might lead us into temptation and that's not what he's talking about at all right what he's talking about is um, god's ability to lead us out of temptation right um, and his both promise and responsibility to do so Connor, you had something you want to throw? Yeah, I had a couple of things. I actually found this section really interesting because of what Luther had to say in the large catechism. As opposed to the rest of it, which is pretty Yeah, boring. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, in particular, what you were just talking about, uh, at one point Luther says, uh, you know, God tells us to, to flee to him when we are facing temptation. And we pray this prayer, and the way Luther phrases it is really well. He says the prayer should go, Dear Father, you have commanded me to pray. Let me not fall because of temptation. So... And, and so what Luther starts off in the large catechism talking about is how even though we are forgiven of our sin because of what Christ has done for us, like although we may stand firm today, we're just as susceptible to falling tomorrow. And so he actually goes into a bit further the temptation that we're facing. And so he immediately lists off the unholy trinity. And so he says, you know, the flesh, when you're talking about the flesh tempting you, this is typically temptation felt by younger people like the younger generation is going to feel this and they're going to be led astray by you know sexual desires the any any desire that feeds your own you know that old adam that's hanging around your neck constantly then he talks about the world and he said this is a particular attack on people in the middle part of their lives you know the 40 to 50 to 60 year old people because at that point in your life you don't really care you know you're you're I don't know what what to call it, but that youthful feeling to, to fulfill those desires, that you've kind of checked those a little bit, but now it becomes about your status in life, and it becomes about your pride, and it becomes about how great do I look in the world. And at one point he says, like, everybody wants to stand on top. Everyone wants to be number one when you're in, your, in the middle part of your life. And then he talks about the devil and the attacks that the devil throws at us. And in particular, this is applicable to us here who are stuttering, studying to be ministers, not stuttering. <laughs> Lots of stuttering, depending <laughs> on the course. Yeah, it's plenty no. of stuttering. But the, the ones that are particularly... Gustav's um, got the stuttering into ministry down solid. The, the ones, the ones that are Sorry. actually like what? Why'd you that was you I don't know why you singled him out. Yeah, that was an attack for no reason. Yeah, yeah. what did? Anyway, are you doing here. Right I've, I've started to bore Charlie at this point, but okay, but the the ones that are like strong in their faith, these are the ones that the devil that are particularly going after. And it's you, you think to Adam and Eve, like that was, I mean, Adam and Eve clearly before the fall like that was the that was the sin that got them they got the devil caused them to question 
their relationship with God. And so that happens to everybody that's strong in their faith is like, even though you may believe like the devil's still going to find a way to worm in there. And, and Luther has a great quote where he says, uh, you know, the devil is a serpent. And so when he finds that crack in your armor, he wiggles his head in there to allow himself a little bit of leeway. And once the head starts going in, the rest of the body is prone to follow. And so, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting. And the part of the Bible that came to mind when I was thinking about particularly the devil's attacks, you think of the, the story of Job. I mean, God, God's basically boasting about Job. You know, he says like, look at my servant Job, look how great he is. And the devil says, let me take a crack at that. And so he does everything he can to wiggle his way in there and to cause him who is, you know, noted by God for having a strong faith to, to slip and fall. So yeah, the, the idea of temptation is, is so fascinating here. And so it's not that God is leading us into sin or anything like that. But this prayer in particular is literally saying like, when I am faced with temptation, give me the strength to say no and not to say yes to those temptations. Yeah, sorry, Gus. I didn't mean to cheap shot you there. <laughs> you like looked up. You're like, what? Connor, you are a blessing, brother. I'm just going to say that right now. I love it. Um, I One of the things that I pulled out of here, and I guess we got to give you guys some time on the microphone too here, but um, one of the things I pulled out of here is the idea that I don't know. I think a lot of times when we talk about temptation, um, or when people talk about temptation, they kind of make themselves the victim of temptation. You know what I mean? Mm. Where it's always, well, the devil made me do it. You hear that a lot, right? Yeah. The devil made me do it. Or, uh, like. That was the title of the last Conjuring movie. Just <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, that, that idea, whether you say the devil made me do it, or, you know, like the world got to me today, or whatever yeah, it is, yeah. we, instead of owning the fact that we have a sinful nature, and we have sin inside of us, and we are rotten to the core, instead of really owning that original sin side of things, we try and make excuses. And, but that's not really the issue. The issue with uh, an attitude like that is completely misunderstanding my own ability to do better. No, let's flip that. It's my own depravity, right? If the devil made me do all these things, if I don't take any ownership over my own sinfulness and I'm always blaming somebody else, then I really don't understand just how rotten I am at mm. the core. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting that you point that out because honestly, whenever I, whenever we talk about or have devotions talking about this article and things of that nature, I usually end up thinking that Maybe it's just in our circles, we don't often talk about the fact that the world and the devil are legitimately working against us, you know? Because in my mind, it seems that as good Lutherans, we're kind of like, yeah, it was my fault. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, I mean, Well, our favorite hymn says he uh, he can harm us none. He's judged, the deed is done, right? right? And that's true, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have influence. Right, yeah. And so I was just throwing that comment out there because, I don't know, it's just... It, it seems like we're too quick, uh, a lot of times people are too quick to just shrug off the fact that, okay, right, you do have your sinful nature, but also there is legitimately, there are beings that are working for your downfall. Well, and the, the, and the devil's ultimate goal, and Connor kind of touched on this, <clears throat> but Luther touched on it hard, is the devil's ultimate goal is to pull me away from my Savior. Like, the mm -hmm. devil's ultimate goal is to destroy my eternity, yeah. right, is to kill my faith. 
Right. And we can't forget that he's doing absolutely everything he can to get there. Yeah, but he does that in the most subtle way. He doesn't say directly, like, oh, there is no God or anything like that. He says, <laughs> rely on yourself first before you rely on God. And that's what God's commanding us here in this prayer is rely on me first. And if you rely on yourself, you're doomed to fall. Yeah, and since we can't go an entire podcast without quoting C.S. Lewis, you got to go to the screw tape letters, right? Oh, Our policy fantastic. for now is to conceal ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's tongue-in-cheek. But it's a real thing. Like, if the devil made it obvious that he was doing the things he's doing, he might not be so effective. The The thing I thought about the most was, in the, in the middle section of the explanation, was the words deceive and mislead and about the deception mm-hmm. of the devil. I was actually having this conversation with Sam Engel uh, a couple hours ago before the spam meeting. First Shout of out. all, that guy is so handsome. It's not even funny. <laughs> not Just putting thing. it out there. He's not hot, not, Sam, not but hot, he is Sam. handsome. <laughs> Uh, shout out Sam Engel, but um, we were talking about how when the devil tempts us or when we are tempted, it doesn't always seem, or for the most part, it's not like we are being tempted. It's it's almost like a good thing is happening, even though it's a bad thing. Mm. And Coulter Wall sang a, or wrote a song about this too. The devil wears a suit and tie. He he doesn't look. He doesn't come to you looking like his devilish self and with the horns and how he's depicted yeah he comes at you in these little temptations it could be a g- random guy you're talking to on the street or a random thought that pops into your head and going oh that's not to- so he's, bad he's but. that he's that used car salesman that's selling you a car he rolled the odometer back on <laughs> <laughs> and not all used car salesmen are bad like that mm-hmm. oh that's a good vibe that's too he has a great voice really really great voice great song and i'm gonna add that to my listen list Mm -hmm. all right what about you cooper um i think a big thing to remember is that like you know when we're tempted jesus faced the same thing like i think the devil worked harder on him than any other person that's ever been on this earth and did he get complacent did he get lazy um i'm looking at this uh luther wrote this letter to a barber who was in prison for killing his father-in-law. It's kind of a long story. <laughs> but um, he said this. He said, uh, Keep, uh, uh, Lord, Father, and God, keep us fit and alert, eager and diligent in thy word and service, so that we do not become complacent, lazy, and slothful, as though we have already achieved everything. And a sanctified sanctified living can't be overlooked as if, yeah, we're, we're, we're done, we're saved, but we still live for God. We still We still want to serve him in everything that we do. And temptations are, are common to every person and um we pray that god would give us the strength to overcome these awesome i love it fellas thank you you guys brought the heat today mm-hmm. this is awesome i feel like i gotta step my game up a little bit i gotta stop being so goofy all right um thank you gentlemen that legitimately that that now was a awesome. more serious thank note. you yeah on a far more serious note obscure bible <laughs> trivia all right here we go um so i went to this is signupgenius.com. So if you're, if you're not aware, we have a history of finding really bad trivia questions. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start shouting them out, and if they're terrible, then you know. Uh, it's not our fault. Signupgenius.com, 50, 50 Bible trivia questions and answers. You can scroll all the way down to the difficult section, and there are four questions here, perfect for our purposes. So here we go. Um, give it a little pause first, um, and then give the listeners a chance to answer it on their own, and then we'll go ahead and shout out our answers if we've got them by the way connor is drinking the last of the spotted cow that's good stuff mm-hmm. um gustav what you got over there got some premium premium 
Regular old premium. Yep, good old, good old uh, New Alms finest. Uh, actually, probably shells, Midwest, shells heavy is probably Midwest yeah Midwest finest for yeah. sure. It is the uh, the the happy beer. No, uh, the friendly beer. The friendly beer. There Big we go. Friendly, yeah. And the rest of us are drinking a variety of reds here. So you got which one do you have? I have the peach flavor. Oh yeah, the peach cider, which is excellent. Which one you got right now? I got a apple strawberry. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I had a <laughs> more than one of those last night. And then I've got got the regular hard apple, which is also it's like it's it's like uh, it's it's like really uh, like really good um, apple sauce flavor. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. Like it's yeah. not apple juice. Some ciders are like hard apple juice. Yeah. This tastes more like the the apple cider side of things. I I really enjoy it. Um, but anyway, now you know because a couple people have actually asked me like, you haven't told us what you're drinking anymore. So now now you know what we're drinking here. All right, first question: Who is considered the thirteenth apostle and replaced Judas Iscariot? Cooper's already got that easy look on his face. This is too easy for him. What you got, bro? Hopefully I'm right here. I'll let it be embarrassing, but uh, Matthias. Matthias it is. Nice. Matthias it is. All right, we're one for one. I've got lots of hope this week. I thought we were going to do better last week with uh, Harry and Harry and Peter, but we did not. We didn't do terrible. <laughs> so we didn't do terrible. Also didn't do great. So I was really hopeful for those two. Um, but, yeah, we didn't do a whole lot better. So we're one for one this week. Here we go. What unusual? Oh, these are too easy to be difficult. But anyway, we're we're in it now. What unusual gift did King Herod promise his daughter for her birthday? That's not quite right. It's stepdaughter. What unusual gift did King Herod promise his stepdaughter it, for her birthday? Was it the head of Sam? Uh, I mean, uh, John, head of John. The head of John the yeah. Baptist is oh, correct. I almost two said for two. For two for two. All right. I thought it was a pedicure or something. Oh, man. <laughs> these are too easy. I'm going to have to search for some harder ones because well, these remember, are. But like, here we go. We are going to school for this. Though. Yep. We are going for school for this. And and also, I, I hate to say it. These two guys, they're a lot of fun, but they're also way smarter than probably oh, the rest of us sure. in the room. For so sure. Just putting it out there. 100%. Dude. Also, hey, just a, just a little, just to love on you guys yeah. a little bit, both, both Cooper and Bryce here are just they're hilarious dudes they enjoy life they also are quite good at just being themselves um but if there were two guys i think that in my brain (laughs) (laughs) way to go man okay okay, just let me finish okay if there were two guys in my brain um who do an excellent job of riding the line of uh of being a Christian and having a lot of fun doing it, you two guys are at the top of my sure. list. So just putting that out there. That's one of the reasons yeah. why I want I know I kind of bullied you into be on the podcast, Cooper. Yeah, I said maybe, and he said yes, so I had no other option. <laughs> I made up your mind for you, but you're doing a great job now that you're here, and I do appreciate it, brother. Okay, question number four, three. What city mentioned in the book of Revelation is also the name of a major American city? That's too easy. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yep. What you got, bro? Houston? Oh, my God. Philadelphia. <laughs> Come on, boys. You didn't give it away. I take back fly. everything I just said. Wait, so Philadelphia is mentioned as a city in the Bible? Oh, yeah. No, it's oh. Greek city, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I honestly didn't know that. It's either. one of the seven cities named in Revelation. I mean, it's na- mentioned <clears throat> elsewhere, too. Um, but it's one of the seven cities named in, in Revelations. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the last question, the last official question, I'll throw you guys a hard one after this. Okay. What is the shortest verse in the Bible? But you got to give me the uh, chapter and verse. Oh, go, oh ahead, Bryce. go ahead, Bryce. John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 35. 35. 
five. Jesus wept. Oh, Nicely nice done, race. sir. All right, here we go. Right uh, we're going to Google di- difficult Bible trivia. That's in the English translation. Trivia. Yeah, yeah, the question was, was actually in Greek, so... Oh. I thought there was a <laughs> verse that was shorter. Okay, here we go. The really, really difficult Bible yeah, quiz. Here we go. The really, really well, difficult Greek, Bible though. quiz. That one in Pray Continually. Whom did... To whom did both Abraham and Isaac lie at different times, saying that their wives were their sisters? Say that one more time. To whom did both Abraham and Isaac lie at different times, saying that their wives were their sisters? If it's not what Connor just mouthed me, I'm going to flip out. (laughs) Go for it, Connor. I'm going to say it's Pharaoh. Pharaoh is correct. All right, here's one that you won't get. But that's okay because it's interesting. Actually, I don't even know what the answers are here. All right, we're gonna do it anyway. Um, I just want to say with those Pharaoh stories, real quick. It's those are technically like, the king of Egypt, but well, right. Yeah. But those stories are funny because they appear to be the more reasonable people. <laughs> yeah. After the fact, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like right. Like Abraham, it's like, dude, what were you thinking? I would have let you live here or live here, and then yeah. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that yeah, out there. Yeah. No, especially like a guy who who speaks directly to God doesn't have enough faith like who speaks directly to god doesn't have enough faith to go where god tells him to go and do what god tells him to do which again the classic if i was in that situation maybe i'd do the same thing but it's just mind-blowing all right here we go um what was esther's hebrew name not covering that in hebrew one so i, I, I i'm can't gonna cheat you. no okay well, well let me give you uh let me give you choices we got hannah katura pen pen penina penina hadassah deborah or winona feels like hadassah just because hadassah, you pronounced it right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hadassah it is all right the very last one this is some good Hebrew that we have not translated yet. What did mysterious hand write on the wall in King Belshazzar's banquets? Oh, English insane. or Hebrew? Oh. oh, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, meeny, meeny, tekel parson. Nice, bro. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Absolutely right. Very nicely done. So four for four and well, then let's got... Let the listeners know what that means real quick. You just said that in Hebrew, right? Wait, what is it? Or Aramaic, I think, right? Yeah, it's Aramaic. What was it? <laughs> Okay. I actually don't know what it means. Let's figure out the English. That way the viewers aren't, or listeners aren't like, what are they talking about? Um, It wrote... Mimi and Tickle Parson. It's in Daniel chapter 5. That's kind of embarrassing that we know that. Yeah. That is funny. God has numbered the days of your reign... And brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting, and your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. What? That's so much longer. Here is what the words mean, according to the NIV. Let's get a literal. Let's get a literal translation going on here. (laughs) Go ahead. Number, number, way, break apart. Okay, so the. Okay, yeah, so that's the literal translation. (laughs) The interpret. Okay. Right. Welcome here. to the difficulty of translating ancient this languages. Is the, yeah, we're about yeah, to yeah right? Okay. So quick. he says, here's what the, Daniel says, here's what the words mean. Mene, uh, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, 
You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. And Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Pop mm. culture reference. That makes sense. Which Heath Ledger movie quotes this passage? Oh, here we go. Yeah. The Dark Knight. No. Oh. I was in support I was of you there. Was so it? Oh, confident. yo, it's A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's not Heath Ledger's part, last scene but when it's they... uh, the guy who plays yeah. Jarvis. Yeah. Yep. And Iron Man, what's his name? Yeah, I know. They are they're all looking down at the bad knight, and they're like, hmm, "You've been you've found one." Well, at, the, at, at earlier in and the movie, he's beating him up. Too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, cool stuff. All right, you guys did great on uh, trivia. Um, I'm not gonna. Yeah, you guys did great on the trivia. Awesome. This is the first time we've done well on the trivia, to be honest. <laughs> so good for us. All right, uh, this week's top three suggested by Bryce, and I totally wholeheartedly agree. This is a good one. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say speaking of temptation, but oh, <laughs> no, no. Well, then you just did. See, you now, just said see, it, but I yeah, didn't say it because I, I precur- my precursor was I was gonna say, which means that I'm not really yeah, that, saying it. That, that so now it's okay to say. I can say anything I want after I say I was gonna say, but I didn't. Right? Oh, okay. Anyway, oh, our top three are celebrity man crushes. <laughs> okay, our top three this week: top three celebrity man crushes. All right, can so we all just agree that Ryan Reynolds is on everyone's list right he now? He is not on my list. Not on mine either. What? Not on my list. Ryan Reynolds is awesome. Ryan Reynolds is awesome. He's a beautiful man, but he is not on my list. He's not on my list. So you got Ryan Reynolds. It's it's not even about. I have a different Ryan. I have a different oh, Ryan. Well, you have the other Ryan. Ryan yeah, Gosling. Gosling yeah. Oh, oh, man. Okay, let's get going. Crazy let's Stupid go. Love. Let's, that character in Crazy Stupid Love, just phenomenal. Bryce, you're number one. Yeah. Okay, I guess. Um, also, La La Land. Since I'm the down. only one that's cultured in today's... Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ryan Reynolds, you know. That's there, my number one. Call. Thank you. That's my number one. Are we doing number ones or doing all yeah, three and then number going? All the right, number one. I had Reynolds as number one for me as well. I will say Gosling is my number one, though. Yes. Yeah. Thing, I, how I, can I, you I, give me crap and well, then say you because, agree? Just because Reynolds is definitely on the list. That's oh, what sure. I'm saying. Oh, yeah. That's, so if we had a top five, he'd be on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But Gosling, he's my number one. I had no Ryan's uh, for my first one. I went with Brad Pitt. He's just got Ooh. that machismo. Yeah, you, you gotta know, love some Brad Pitt. Fight Fury. Club, especially. Yeah, Fury. Oh, you're right. Inglorious. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if I can say that word. Uh, yeah, it's fine. B word. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not it's the podcast for grownups. Yeah. Bastards. Yeah. Yeah. By Quentin Tarantino. It's not a bad word. You it's just don't want to call somebody. It's an insult. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. a bad word. It's only word. become an insult in modern vernacular. Well, it was a, I, I mean, it was an insult. Imagine being called a bastard, though. Like it is kind of insulting, especially oh, sure. if, if you're not a bastard and somebody calls you a bastard. Mm-hmm. That is very much insulting. Well, we've definitely said right? the word enough. And then if you are, <laughs> <laughs> if you were a bastard and somebody was like, "Hey, you're a bastard," it's not like, "Oh, hey, buddy, I love you." And one of my favorite things about you is that your mother wasn't married when you were born. There's gonna be like a, an age like warning on the bottom of this podcast episode, right? <laughs> Should we just answer, bastard. <laughs> Right what's, your number, what's your number? What's your number one? Number one, Ryan Gosling. Okay, okay. there you go. Okay. All right. What's your number Goose? two? Uh, number two, I just love a lot of movies that this guy's in. Will Smith. Really? He just has some really great uh, movies. Keep his name. <laughs> keep my wife's name out your mouth. That's no, 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 no. He he really does do great movies, and I enjoy him as an actor. He has, he has done yeah. great movies. I don't know if he's Pursuit of Happiness is probably Pursuit like of man. top ten movies. Really? Seven, pounds. Yo, seven pounds. Uh, seven right. pounds. Collateral Beauty. One. Uh, side note, that, one. that um, one's a great concussion one. Concussion is the reason why I didn't play football in oh, really? my junior high school. The movie Concussion. But then you did play your senior year? I did, yeah. I got <laughs> talked into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know 
what? I don't care. Yeah. Well, they were like, oh, we'll let you play a different position. And I was like, all right, which one? And they were like, middle linebacker. And I'm like, oh, I'm no longer afraid of concussions. Concussion I'm central. In. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had six, so. Oh, boy, okay. How many concussions have you had? I don't know. I, I don't really care. Diagnosed. Them. Diagnosed, uh, I think one or two. Okay. How about you? Uh, only t- two diagnosed. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Bryce okay. acts like he's had uh, what about you? I feel like I've had one. I don't know. But have you ever had like had a diagnosed no, by a doctor? No, I've never had one diagnosed. Okay. I yeah. usually oh, I'm just six, get really so. quiet and stop <laughs> trying as hard whenever my head hurts. Hey, so. in my defense, my dad's at seven, so. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. good for him. I've only got a... Okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, Connor, who's your number two? Uh, number two, Mark Pausch. Oh no! The big choose himself. No, my number two is uh, Alan Richson. Oh, that was mine. Yeah, oh, really. Uh, wow. Alan Richson, if you don't know, is uh, he plays in a new series. He's on a beautiful Amazon man too. Called uh, Reacher, which oh, is based off the Jack so Re- Reacher books. Uh, he. He also played in, I think he played in a not-so-appropriate TV show called Blue Mountain State back in the day. <laughs> Tad. Uh, yeah, yeah, he played that. But, yeah. but for, uh, <laughs> but for uh, Reacher, he put on about, probably about, like, 60 pounds of muscle. He's just a complete unit of a man walking around. And so I really, like, uh, appreciate how physical that guy is. I, we cannot recommend, we will not and cannot recommend that you watch Blue Mountain State. Absolutely not. But if you are familiar with Blue Mountain State, which most of the guys from our generation yeah, are, yeah. right, the guy that played Thad mm-hmm. then became a, later on became a born again Christian, and yeah. now he's the guy that's in Reacher. Yep, yep. which is kind of cool. Great so. series, great series. Yeah. So uh, my number two. Okay, I I just want to say I feel like that the level of attractiveness, if we're going on that right, is also determined by their success via movies. So it's like you that's gotta like fair. the movies they're in, and then you're also like, wow, they they also happen to be kind of attractive, yeah. right? And so this dude, he's not in a ton that I've seen that I'm really into, but Aaron Taylor Johnson. Well, who is he's that? the guy? He's one of the guys in Bullet Train. Google. He's oh. in Kick Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in. I heard. I read an article that said he was in talks of being the next James Bond. Oh no um, But yeah, he is a. He's also fella. he's also going to be in a new okay. Marvel series. This is my Marvel nerd. Coming yeah, 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 oh, yeah. He looks yeah. better with the be, short hair than the long. He's going to be. Like he's going to play a uh, super or a Spider-Man villain called uh, Craven the uh, Hunter. Uh, I think. Hunter? Yeah, Craven yeah, the Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. So he's going to be the new Craven the Hunter. Well, there right. never was one in the first place, though, was there? Well, in the comic books, well, but right? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right. Goop. Uh, my second was Alan Richson, too, but uh, to not copy, I'm going to go with uh, Hayden Christensen. I'm um, a huge Star Wars guy, <laughs> yeah. and I just love Anakin and the fo- those first three movies. I don't know wow. if he's really done it. Well, I'm sure he's done other things. Uh, Didn't watch him. Don't <laughs> care because I don't want to ruin that image. Uh, Life as a House. Oh, yeah, Shattered that one. Glass. He was that. Darth Vader. Awake, right? Virgin yeah, Territory. Was, yes. He was in Jumper. Oh, yeah, Jumper, great movie. Yeah. They yeah, I don't ever. recognize any of the rest of these. He's got some uh, TV credits. Yeah, not much. Not much since then. Right. But it's, it's hard when you're in a movie that big, though, you know? Yeah. All right, my number two is in, maybe not so much anymore, but Russell Crowe, especially when he was like yeah. an action star, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he Gladiator. was huge. He was in everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, there's a uh, – oh, shoot, who's who does the song? One of those Irish bands. Um uh, but they, there's a there's a Irish rock song called the uh, um, I punched Russell Crowe in the head. I think it is. 
right? <laughs> but the whole idea of the song is that the closest I've ever been to coming up dead is the day I punched Russell Crowe the gladiator in the head. <laughs> and apparently it's based on a true story. <laughs> Well, Which is kind of awesome. That has nothing to do with why I love Russell Crowe. You just can't not he's, love Russell Crowe. He's in a Crow. new movie, uh, The Pope's Exorcist. Oh, yeah. really? It's pretty yeah. spooky yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah, it looks uh, interesting. Also, wouldn't recommend. <clears throat> no, do to not watch, recommend. But if you have seen, but if it, you, you like know. horror, okay. Goosey, what you got? I guess uh, number three it was kind of a toss-up, but I had to go with uh, James Franco. Oh, Ooh, that's a good. Okay. He was uh, he was on my my uh, alternates list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just has a great. I, I, Great movie, one hundred twenty-seven hours. Oh, great! Movie. Great. That's my great favorite movie. movie with him in. Really? And right. I don't know. He just has a great smile. Not the uh, dictator. Or, or the, no, the not, interview. Not, that's not the one I'm. Do- yeah, the interview. The interview. Yeah, <laughs> the interview is great too, but like the more best serious. Scene in the movie interview is where he stands up and takes the towel off and yeah. the music is playing. <laughs> that's a good movie. It's anyway. such a stupid, awesome movie. Yeah. But no, James Franco. But the alternate one was uh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah. Man. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Transformers Shia and then LaBeouf. Fury also. And yeah. He plays a... He's going to be playing a Catholic see, priest in a movie. Do you ever on. watch Peter Mut- uh, Peanut Butter Falcon? I've I have heard not. really good things that is, about that. That's a fantastic feel-good movie. Of all the films we've mentioned, that's the one our audience should watch. Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. Check right. it out. Shia LaBeouf. Right, what you got, bro? Uh, my number three is Eddie Hall. Oh, good. Yeah, so... That's... It, oh, yeah. my gosh. The Mountain of a Man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why the last two yeah. guys... I, I, I gotta go to the Mountain of Eddie Hall, though. I, I understand or... that, but it's Eddie Hall's personality that wins me over the mountain He's anytime. such an asshole, though. But it, he's funny. Like, he's very funny. And, like, the way he... Like, he's... That's uh, true. Uh, of the three of them, Eddie Hall, Brian Shaw, and the guy... I, Brian Thor, Shaw you know. is my favorite lifter by far. Brian Shaw is fantastic. He's not handsome, though. He's, he's <laughs> like, Eddie Hall is definitely, the, like, the kid brother that's going around and like picking at picking at the other guys and I think that's that's very funny to me. I do wish that Eddie Hall had beat uh, Half Thor in that boxing match though. Oh, I did too. That would but he, he held the world record for deadlift for a little while, didn't he? I thought Half Thor uh, did. Well, uh, so both of them have. Yeah, Eddie Hall had it and then I think Half Thor beat him. Right. And so Half the big Thor. controversy was that Half Thor didn't break it in the competition. It was mm-hmm. like a, a single event during COVID yeah. that he did in his own home gym. And Eddie's going, "Well, I had to do it in a deadlift competition." Yeah. yeah. And so he wanted there to be like an asterisk on, on yeah, half yeah, thors yeah, yeah. and then they started arguing about it and they had already had some history but they started arguing about it and uh like half thor probably should have actually won uh eddie hall's only world's strongest man um it was like a rule thing that mm-hmm. cost him to, so then they were arguing about that and then they ended up boxing yeah. which yeah. is terrible mm-hmm. it was not worth watching but mm-hmm. it was still fun to watch because i knew them both well you know i feel like he would probably would have ended up lifting more if he was at actual competition. Like I'd imagine the adrenaline is way more intense at actual competition. You the know what difference I mean? being you have to lift multiple times at a competition. Right. That's really right. the only difference. Yeah. Good point. But you could come out and your first lift could be that. But there's right. so many there's so many factors you can't control at a competition mm-hmm. versus like he had the judges come to his mm-hmm. home gym, he slept at his own bed that night, he showed up, he lifted right. and yep. they went home. Right. So hmm. all right, well my number three is Daniel Craig. Great. Oh, good Great. answer. Good he is, answer. He is a man among men. Yep. He yeah. is. Best James Well, He is the uh, best James Bond. I think he's close. No, Sean Connery Sean, is, have, you, yeah. have you watched the Sean Connery I, James Bond? I've seen all of the James yeah, Bond they're movies. Not, they're not great. They're Sean fine. Connery's? Yeah, they're fine. I, I just like Sean Connery. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here with that. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. <laughs> Sean Connery is awesome, but I'd say Daniel Craig's better. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I got three and then an alternate. Both are in uh, great zombie shows. Uh, I think my three had got to be Pedro Pascal, oh, uh, Mandalorian. He was also on my honorable, honorable, honorable mention list. Um, and then uh, Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead. He plays Rick. Yeah. I just mm, love that oh, show. Yeah, so yeah. Nice. He's awesome. All right. My last one's a little bit of a throwback. Um, but Tom Selleck, man, oh, yeah, throughout the, the years, to yeah. have that longevity, yeah. and then all the characters he's played up as a symbol and friends, like, right? Yeah, the whole, and then, yeah. to, and then to play Blue Bud, Blue Blue Bloods later, right? Yeah. And he's still, he's still. I mean, frankly, his character in Blue Bloods is still kind of a man crush character. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. be real. But you start with Magnum PI and work all the way up, man. Everything in between. Lately, I've been watching um, the oh shoot, uh, Jesse Stone movies. Like half of them are on. Amazon Prime for free right mm-hmm. now. They're made for TV, like mystery movies. They're so yeah. good, and he plays the same character he always played. Like he's, yeah. he's, you can't beat Tom Selleck. You don't have to raise your hand, Bryce. Who is that? Tom you know Selleck. Who Tom Selleck is? Well, so I'm going to out my Tom sister Selleck, on this yeah. one. But apparently, at her own bachelorette party, look up young. Tom she Selleck. said that Tom Selleck was her like number one oh, celebrity yeah. crush. Look at that guy. Crush. You know who he is. I can't disagree with you, Rebecca. He's a good one. Original mustache. Sorry, Lee. Man, like everybody's like, oh, Top Gun two. What's his face with mustache? No, Tom Selleck. The reason I wear short shorts is because of Tom Selleck, and I will not stop. Yeah, him and See, Cooper here wears short shorts because he's got amazing, amazing legs. Just putting it out there. Cooper, you, you're built, bro. Yeah, all genetics. He's a thick dad. boy. Thanks, <laughs> <Next> Dad. <day. laughs> <laughs> Over here, Bryce has an ama- a phenomenal upper body. So. Oh, and legs. Don't sell yeah. short. Yeah. I've well, got a good person. I mean, not your legs, though. you got great legs. He's got this has turned into a love fest, and yeah, it's my it's, fault. Yeah, Sorry. we got to move on. Segway. <laughs> Segway. 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 Let's just go right to the Bible, then. Here we go. Legs Bible. Same Legs thing. Bible. Yeah. All right. So Easter 5 this week, um, we're going to go to John chapter 16, starting at verse 5 and going to verse 15. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because the people do not believe in me about righteousness because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned I have much more to say to you more than I can than you can now bear but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he m- will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Now, my first thought is this is not just a promise to the uh, apostles, to the disciples that were there. This is also a promise to us, right? Uh, and it's the blessing of living in the New Testament world is that we do receive that spirit, right? We do receive that spirit of the Heavenly Father, um, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call him, who is our counselor, who is our advocate. Um, and that's that's where faith comes from, right? Um, but any other thoughts you want to throw in there, guys, um, about what Jesus says to you? But, but before we jump into that, actually, let's give a little context. This is Jesus. This is one of the last things Jesus says in the upper room. Um, so we've just talked about everything from... Um, dying for and taking up your cross um, to the institution of the Lord's Supper. And then Jesus basically walks through in the last couple of chapters and tells them everything that's about to happen, um, both on 
a good Friday and afterwards. And then he finishes with this right before he starts just talking directly to his Heavenly Father. Uh, so this is one of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples before he's crucified. Uh, so with that in mind, gentlemen, and the fact that this is obviously a promise for all times to all generations, what you got? I kind of wonder what more he would have had to say to us that was too much to bear, or to them, I guess, in that in that moment. But also, that's probably for us future Christians too, right? In verse twelve. Well, I mean, it'd be tough to say, "Hey, you're about to watch me bleed to death and be scourged and stuff," right? right. I mean, that'd be hard to bear. Or, I mean, to look Peter in the eye and say, "You're going to be crucified upside down," and, "Hey, John, you're going to get boiled alive and live," and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure how well I'd be, how effective I would be in ministry if I knew that was at the end of it. Just a thought. I don't. I mean, that obviously isn't. We can't prove that, but just mm. a thought. I don't know. This section made me think of Pentecost and the promise that the Spirit's going to, to come Ooh, on yeah. them, and that's going to like it adds um, like a like a seal of approval on everything that the apostles are going to be saying um, post post resurrection and, and post return into heaven. So that that's where my mind went when I was reading this section. I thought it was kind of easy to think. You know, he says that. Um, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And the first thought I had was, well, what's he doing? You know, we live in a world that's dominated by sin. And <laughs> Where's he at? It feels like sometimes that, like, all right, God, now's the time. Why don't you do your stuff? But, you know, if you really look around, the Holy Spirit is working faith in the hearts of billions of people around the world. And even if there are those that reject it, you know, we can't undermine the work of the Spirit in so many people that even one of us deserves to be saved is just a miracle yeah absolutely and uh it's interesting too um both in the old testament and proverbs but then also in paul's writings anybody that chooses to reject that message is just referred to as a fool right um god has made clear what salvation is and where salvation comes from that message is clear um and as he says here you know about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Mm-hmm. Right? There, There is no doubt about the message of the gospel. It is true. It is fact. And he is coming back, and the prince of this world does stand condemned. People choose not to believe that, and there are generational consequences even for that. It doesn't change the fact that it is true and he is working. Right? I think that in verse 15, uh, Jesus saying, all that belongs to the Father is mine, sort of makes me look look forward, I guess you could say. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then um, Jesus saying that the Spirit will come back and he will give the Spirit, or the Spirit will <coughs> receive from Jesus what the Spirit is going to say and the work he is going to do. And yet that is coming from God the Father. And it's just thinking about the Trinity and it's all coming from three persons, one God, down to us. And we now have that all too. Yeah. We were kind of looking at that in our Greek reading for today, right? Uh, The idea that Jesus is, well, he never stops being God. uh, But when his work as the Savior, as the Messiah is done, he's kind of reassumed back into the Godhead, right? Um, So you have God who is all-knowing and all-being and all-eternal and all-knowing and all-powerful and so forth who humbles himself to be born of a virgin and so forth, and then is the judge of the world, who then returns and is God again and continues to be God as he always was before. And 
recognizing that Jesus isn't just a guy who did some cool stuff for us. He isn't just, I don't want to say just my Savior, but he, he is God himself. Sometimes I think we lose sight of that idea that this is God. And like, again, talk about, I, I know I say this all the time, but talk about a value statement, man. Like, that's what the world is searching for is value, right? We spend so much time in philosophy talking about it too, about value. And where does my value come from? Where does my purpose come from? The, the only value statement that matters is that the one thing that exists outside of creation, God himself traded himself for me. That's a pretty, that's a pretty steep value statement there. That says a lot about what he thinks of me and who I am. One thing too, um, when he says like, you're not, or, uh, you're not ready, like, uh, Sorry, sorry, different verse. But so, uh, you know, we, we can say Jesus' words are great. He's infinitely wise, yes. And that might make us feel like whatever we do, you know, we can't match up to what Jesus does because he's God. But when we speak and all Christians speak to other people, that's the work of God through us. It, it never mm-hmm. stopped. It was It's just a continuum. Sure, the medium may have changed, but we still have that, that word of truth and and that can, you know, uplift all people. Yeah. yeah. I peeked ahead a little bit at the next couple of verses that come after this. and So obviously this section throws the whole, all the apostles into confusion, but I think in verse 22 of this section, Jesus has some really comforting words for the apostles and for us too. He says, So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your heart will rejoice, and no one will take that joy away from you. And so despite the confusion that they were feeling, and despite the confusion that may we may feel in our life, like, He's there. He's preparing that place for us right now, and at that point, we won't have any more questions. It'll just be joy. Yeah, and whether you want to call him the counselor or the advocate or whatever word you want to use, he makes it clear I've got all the information I need, right? Um, I, I, Cooper, maybe you hinted at this earlier. Um, like, where where are, God, where are you, God, and what are you doing, you know? Um, we don't have all the answers to everything, but we do have a Savior who says we know what we need to know, um, and that should be enough for us, right? That's an important thing to remember, too. Mm-hmm. It's a tough world. We're not always going to get what's going on. But I do know that I have an almighty and omnipotent God who is looking out for my ultimate good, which is to bring me home to be with him in eternity. And if I can trust that, we're going to be all right. Any last input there? All right. Like I said, gentlemen, you two in particular, I mean, Gus and Connor, you know how much I love you. You're, you're a blessing. Connor, it's been cool to kind of watch you grow over the last couple of years, too. And we're not done yet, of course. Obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cooper and Cooper and Bryce, you guys are excellent examples of what it means to both love your Savior deeply and also have a lot of fun while you're doing it. So <laughs> thank you for being on the show. Uh, those of you who are listening, oh, also, before we go, we, we do have quite a few listeners in uh, from S- Sudan and Western Africa. Yeah, Western Africa. No, Eastern Africa. I'm sorry. Um, and there's a lot going on over there at the moment. So they, frankly, they probably aren't listening to us right now. But we do um, pretty consistently have um, West African listener, or sorry, East African listeners. So uh, if you are listening to us from Sudan or South Sudan or some of those um, tougher areas at the moment, uh, know that we're praying for you. Your brothers in Christ across the globe are. Uh, paying attention where we are you are in our prayers um, and in our thoughts as well same to those in Ukraine um, not as many listeners in Ukraine but I think the reasons for that is probably obvious mm-hmm. um, and also in Pakistan uh, I don't know of anything crazy happening in Pakistan at the moment besides that it's just hard for Christians there so in all three of those places we have a, a, a noticeable following so um, thank you to you guys for listening but also uh, be safe 
God's blessings and uh, stay in the fight. And uh, everybody else, we love you. Keep those guys in your prayers and uh, be the guy, be the men that God created you to be. We will see you next time, or hear you, or you can hear us. I don't really know, but whatever. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.